The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, mobility. How much do you know? Are you an expert? Are you a dummy? Nothing to be ashamed of. Listen up. Welcome to the mobile 2.0 world. Yes, it is. Enterprise mobility is moving fast. How fast? Triple internet speed, according to one of our guests. Adoption of BYOD. Hiding under a rock? That's bring your own device. And enterprise-wide B2E, B2B, and C2B. My goodness, so many acronyms. It's all disrupting traditional ways of computing. Hey, your company may need a BYOA. Am I confusing you? Bring your own app policy soon if you don't already have a clamor from your employees and your contractors to have one. Guess what? Tablets will soon outsell PCs. Is this a news break? Shouldn't be. So heads up. Arm yourself with knowledge, the right knowledge now, or risk your company being left behind. I have a panel of three experts who are passionate on this topic. They're smart, knowledgeable, they're on the cutting edge, and they're going to help you figure it out in case you need a little help or a little refreshment. So let me tell you about our experts. First up, we will welcome Michael O'Farrell from the Mobile Institute. He sent me the following quote, and he's going to discuss it with me in just a moment. He says, enterprise mobility is moving at triple internet speed. Thank you, Michael. The relentless pace of adoption for what we just talked about, BYOD, BYOA, and new enterprise utility for B2E, B2B, C2B is disrupting the landscape. Here's the trick. Companies that know how to harness the power of enterprise mobility will have a tremendous competitive advantage in the global mobile economy. That's where you want to be. You want that competitive advantage. When we welcome Michael in just a moment, he'll tell us how that all gets fit together. Also on the panel today is Ben Robbins from Palador. I think you're on a previous show, Ben. Welcome back. And his quote is short and sweet, mobile in the enterprise. You've got to know why before you'll see ROI. We love poetry here on the show. So thank you, Ben. And rounding out the panel is our topic organizer, Carolyn. Fit and Code, C-O-A-D, and we're just going to call her Carolyn Code today from SAP. And she's quoting a book she co-authored, which is Enterprise Mobility for Dummies, second edition, first paragraph, for those of you who like the Bible quotes. And she says, you are not alone. We're all in this together, networked, connected, up in the cloud, flying through Wi-Fi and the web, carrying it all in our pockets, our purses, with handheld mobile phones and tablets. Does that sound like you? Does that sound like like people in your company. I know my purse is weighed down by not just one mobile phone, but my goodness, a tablet, and it does weigh, but wouldn't think of leaving the house without it. So join us for the next hour for Enterprise Mobility for Dummies. You can run 
but you can't hide. Welcome. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. If you're keeping count, episode number 114 in a series that's been going on since late 2011. We have great topics, great guests, and I hope you'll listen up. The show is being recorded. You can find us on demand on Voice America, the business channel, about an hour after the live show. By the way, it's live. We are Wednesday, December 11th, hurtling toward the end of the year. Where has it gone? Let me introduce you to my panelists who are waiting in the wings very patiently. We're going to start with Michael O'Farrell. He's the founder of the Mobile Institute and vice chairman at Uber, O-O-O-B-E-R. He'll tell us about that in a minute. He's also a board member of the Mobile Experience Innovation Center and the co-author of the Mobile Internet for Dummies. Over the last 20 years, that's two decades, Michael has played a key strategic role in the launch of innovative new mobile products and services internationally. Here is the list of organizations he's worked with. Are you ready? Accenture, Google, Microsoft, Nokia, RBC Financial, Visa, and mobile network operators including Bell, Rogers, Telus, Vodafone, what a bio. Michael's specialties, no surprise, are mobile strategy, mobile industry advisor, mobile industry alliances and partnership. Guess what? He loves to golf. He loves to fish. He plays tennis and he loves the theater. Michael O'Farrell, I feel like we know you very well already. How are you today? I'm terrific, Bonnie. Thanks for having me on the, on the show and looking forward to exploring the uh, global opportunities and local opportunities of going mobile. Wonderful. Thank you. And Michael, where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Toronto. I'm in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And how's the weather? The weather is nice and brisk. Very cool, but uh, it's very comforting in this time of the year. I hope it's sunny up there. We're having a gorgeous blue sky sunny day here on Long Island, New York, where I'm based. I haven't ventured outside, so I'm guessing it's a polite way would probably be to say cool and brisk and a little bit windy. So thank you, Michael, for joining us. Pleasure to meet you and have you on the air with us. And let's move on to Ben Roberts. Robbins, Benjamin Robbins. I used to know you as Benjamin. Now we're such on a good basis we call you Ben. Ben Robbins is the principal at Palador, a company that has provided innovative enterprise solutions and strategic initiatives for most Mobility, which is why he's here, app development and data integration since 2005. Ben is one of the top 50 mobile influencers on Twitter. We have to hear about that. And author of the top 50 must-read IT blogs by BizTech. He's a regular contributor to national and international newspapers and tech blogs such as The Guardian, Enterprise Mobility Forum, and RemotelyMobileBlog.com. He's passionate about technology, and in his spare time, he likes to run, read, and he loves snow sports, which is a great thing right now this time of the year. Ben Robbins, how are you today? Awesome. Thanks for having me on the program. Wonderful. Awesome is great. When were you on? Were you on last year with me on, on Coffee Break, or was it a different series? I remember meeting you. No, 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 it was Coffee Break. It was last year's uh, myself, Mirabel Lopez, and other, a few other mobile characters. Wonderful. Mobile characters. I like that. Where are you calling from today, Ben? Seattle, Washington. Oh, I have to, okay. I actually, I have to thank my um, Canadian counterparts for their uh, Canadian cold front that they have pushing down into the U.S. where we have snow as far down as Texas even. Crazy. Yep, and uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, one of my past relatives designed and owned the Space Needle, so just a little history oh, there. Awesome. I throw, yeah, yeah, I throw that. And he designed it apparently on the back of a cocktail napkin, and then he created the corporation that owned it. And uh, yeah, it was part of the family for a long time. I think it's been sold. So there you go, Carolyn Code. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Carolyn is the mobile product manager at SAP, where she focuses on mobile strategies, including some of the acronyms we mentioned. BYOD, BYOT, mobile app development, deployment strategy, and mobile security. Carolyn is the co-author of the first and second editions of the Wiley Public.
publication. That's why we're here today, Enterprise Mobility for Dummies book and the 2013 SAP Community Network Mobile Top Contributor. That's one of her titles. She lives in Toronto, and she likes sailing, cooking, skiing, and volunteering. Carolyn, welcome back. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Bonnie, and enjoy being back on the show with you and with some other mobile characters to, uh, to share some information and some news today. I love mobile characters. I'm going to invite everybody who's listening and, and colleagues and friends and fans to join us on Twitter at hashtag SAP Radio. Tell us your thoughts. You can share some questions for my guests. Happy to ask the questions, and that'll be a good way to get started once we're into the main part of the show. So let's go back into the quotes, and let's pull them apart one at a time. Michael O'Farrell, the Mobile Institute. I'm interested in this part of your quote. Companies that know how to harness the power of enterprise mobility will have a a tremendous competitive edge in the global mobile economy. Talk to me, Michael. How much of a competitive edge? Uh, significant. Um, we're seeing up to 30% increases in sales closing uh, by leveraging tablets and, and being in front of the clients with everything you need to show them, demonstrate products on a virtual experience with the tablets, as well as all the way through to you know working on the paperwork and being right in front of the client. But even if you know you used a, a Samsung Note or pen-based technology or even a fingernail, you can get signatures and contracts right on site versus the traditional process of going back and trying to get all the paperwork pulled together and 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 trying to uh, you know show the customer exactly what you're you're trying to talk about, where you can get into an actual you know animated experience, a physical experience through the device that is enabling sales, tremendous sales opportunities to. Uh, uh, further advance the cycle as well as further advance uh, the, the relationships with the customers. Michael, does this work in every industry? I'm envisioning uh, car dealerships. They've been talking about this for a few years. We have the tablets on the floor. People have the tablets, and they can bring up these comparisons of car versus car and manufacturer versus model, 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 and they can show people videos and statistics and answer all the questions. And my question is, is everybody ready to sign on the dotted line on an iPad that a salesperson has at the show dealership? What do you think? Well, the adoption, you know, the consumer, the consumer is very, very well adapted and well, well adopted to mobility now. Uh, you know, uh, you know, over 60% of North American uh, consumers have a, you know, smartphone or tablet in their houses. So at home, they're very comfortable with it. And when they go to a business environment that they see that same uh, technology or same use of the technology, you know, right in front of them, they're really, really attuned in to how that can help them, how that can make decisions, especially in a car environment, a car dealership environment, you know, they, they start saying, hey, this person's helping me with the comparison, they're engaging with me with some interactive capabilities that really make it easy for me to follow how they want to bring me through the cycle, and if I'm in the position that I want to make a, a purchase, then I'm extremely mm-hmm. comfortable knowing that I could just sign on the electronic bottom line and get driving off the lot as soon as possible. So I just picked that out of the air because it came to mind. But tell me, what industries also, besides auto sales, would this work especially well? Oh, pharmaceutical industries. Uh, you know, we have uh, one client that's going into doctor's offices. And, and before the process of going into doctor's offices to explain, you know, the advancements in the pharmaceuticals or the capabilities of the medicines that are, that are currently available, they had a lot of, uh, you know, discovery, a lot to display, a lot of information to share. And now they're going in and almost to the point that the doctors are taking the tablets out of their hands and the, and, and the smartphones out of their hands to show their colleagues, you know, the advancements in a very graphical nature of, of uh, you know, showcasing how, these, how the uh, pharmaceuticals or the medicines could help 
know, be more proactive and, and beneficial to their clients and customers and, and, and health caregivers. And it, it's creating quite a significant opportunity. Every channel that we're seeing, you know, once the people get over the, 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 the uh, build-out or the requirements of providing these types of capabilities to the devices that's in our pockets and purses, uh, people are getting really excited to see, hey, we're advancing from the, from the 90s, we're advancing from the 80s, we're advancing from this desktop paradigm, and now making it right in front of me, front and center, to act on, uh, understand, and uh, be part of the, the engagement right from the start. Thank you, Michael. We're going to be talking a lot more about this. I have two words come to mind for me while you've been describing this. One is a delightful experience. I, I sense, I think we've heard about it, we uh, we want people to be delighted with something we're offering them or telling them about. So would you characterize this experience of having the information right there as delightful? Oh, most definitely. You know, the, the expression on people's faces and, and just feeling this, you know, we're engaging in a dialogue and it's being demonstrated right in front of us, right front and center, and we're interacting live on, you know, with, with all the information available uh, right, at our, right, at, right at our fingertips is, is really, delight, you know, it, it, providing that customer delight right, right uh, at the point of inspiration. Good. And the other, my other comment quickly is that when you talked about pharmaceuticals, I'm thinking that the delight of sharing knowledge where a doctor or pharmaceutical rep can say, I can show you this right now. Let's take a look at it. Not I'll send you a paper tomorrow or we'll get together for a conference call. Here it is right now. Let's look at it. So shared knowledge, shared intelligence, shared insights. There's something exciting about that too. Thank you, Michael. Let's move on to Ben Robbins from Palador. I love the poem here, Ben. Mobile in the enterprise. You've got an OI before you'll see ROI. Let's talk about it from the business perspective. Talk to me, Ben. Yeah, you know, um, it's, it's, it's plain and simple. Mobile is exciting, and everybody wants to jump right into it and uh, go 100 miles an hour. But but in the end, as much as I love mobile, you know, I love mobile uh, as much as anybody really out there, uh, it, it is a tool, and you really have to stop and take the moment to understand why it is you're implementing the tool that you're implementing. So, you know, there's kind of this mantra that, that gets tossed around frequently out there that, um, you know, adoption is the new ROI. And, and, and when it comes, like you said, Bonnie, when it comes to a business perspective, that's just not true. Just getting a lot, getting a lot of people to do something doesn't necessarily mean they're doing the right thing, right? So you can wave your arms really fast and get a lot of people waving your arms really fast and it doesn't necessarily mean you're moving in the right direction. So you really have to take the time and it doesn't necessarily have to be a lot of time, but really stop down and articulate. Everyone kind of thinks they know why they're doing, why they're jumping into mobile, what it is about mobile that, that that's so awesome. But actually stop and take the time to articulate why you want mobile and, and then from once you understand why, you can then devise a series of metrics to, to, to measure that and to actually uh, track, you know, are we on success? Are we, are we doing what we need to be doing? And really get the most that you can uh, out of uh, mobility in the enterprise. Thank you, Ben. Good perspective. Carolyn, let's get you in here before we go to break. No rush. You say you are not alone. We're all in this together. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone reading this. Networked, connected, up in the cloud, flying through Wi-Fi in the web, carrying it all where? In our pockets and purses with handheld mobile phones and tablets. And this, of course, is the first paragraph of the book, Enterprise Mobility for Dummies. Talk to me. Um, this is pervasive. This is, you can't, well, as, as I said in the intro, you can run, but you can't hide. How pervasive is this? Is everybody embracing it, Carolyn? Well, I think when we think about mobile, to, to Ben and to Michael's points, everyone's doing it. Everyone has a device. 
you were either using consumer applications or we're taking our iPads like a salesperson out into the field. And we are all interacting and adopting the technology so fast that by the time I published the second version of the book, there was chapters I wanted to go back and change because they weren't as recent because the speed of adoption or the speed of innovation with mobile is so fast that it it is hard to keep up. And that's why I wanted to tell the readers, you're not alone. We're all experiencing this together. and it's not just the, the IT individual, it's the consumer and it's the business person who is trying to find a solution. It's either trying to connect to a consumer to give them that delightful experience or it's trying to retain or even attract a new talent pool at an organization that you know, has essentially grown up digital. So as we look at mobile and, and not as a siloed technology, but mobile amongst other disruptive technologies like big data, uh, and analytics, as well as cloud, is trying to figure out how these things come together to really bring that ultimate ROI that Ben mentioned, and then mm-hmm. also make sure that all the channels between you know, a business to an enterprise, a business to another business or partnership, and of course, that business to consumer has a unique brand and experience so that companies can really focus what they're good at, which is what makes them unique and what their brand offers, um, while they take advantage of these disruptive technologies, and particularly mobile, to get them there and to give them that competitive edge. Thank you, Carolyn. I have two questions for you. Number one, your book is Enterprise Mobility for Dummies. Would consumers also benefit from reading it? Is there enough about mobility for dummies, period, that anybody would enjoy it and anybody would benefit? Absolutely. There's lots of information about, you know, business to the enterprise and business to consumers that sort of would work through a business to business consumer chain. But what's interesting is understanding how that mobile technology works. There's a lot of questions about where's my mobile data going? If I'm a consumer and I'm using an application like uh, WhatsApp uh, for individuals Uh that don't use BBM or messaging, they may not know that when they log in or accept the, um, the requirements and conditions of that application, they're actually giving that application access to any contact within their device or, say, maybe their Outlook account. And so they may not know the the implications of downloading these consumer applications and how they interact with enterprise data that's on your phone. And there's a few sections in particular that would be interesting for anyone who uses a mobile device. So that's pretty much anyone in the world, because I think the most recent stat is there's more mobile devices than toothbrushes on the planet right now, um, which is sort of disgusting. Um, But (laughs) you have to think about what that means and how we protect ourselves and really become um, smart about mobile as we use our devices on on the consumer side, but then also use them um, for enterprise or work purposes. I was just thinking, you know, most dentists, speaking of, of toothbrushes, Carolyn, most dentists give you a free new toothbrush in the interest of your oral health at the end of your annual checkup or however often you go. Wouldn't it be an amazing thing if dentists started handing out mobile devices? It's like, here, get on your iPhone and for God's sake, brush your teeth more often. Very interesting. My other question to you is we talk very often on this series, and I'll address this to Carolyn, Ben, and Michael as well. We talk about adoption of cutting-edge technology, of new strategies, of trends, has to come from the top of an organization. So, Carolyn, I'll address this to you because we're going to go to break, oh, in about two minutes here. Carolyn, do you find that 
Enterprise Mobility for Dummies, that there are still pockets of generational resistors. I made that phrase up, but you know where I'm going with this. Inside big enterprises who might not let's say, oh, well, can't see the ROI, talking about Ben's point. And do we really have to? And is this really worth our investment? And BYOD, BYOA, are you serious? Are there pockets of resistance that you've observed, Carolyn? Yes. And it's interesting as you look through the evolution of computing and companies that did not adopt the next generation, the next disruptive technology, companies that didn't create a website, we probably can't remember their names today because we didn't have the opportunity to continue to interact with them and to continue to evolve with them. And companies that don't adopt mobile could potentially face the same situation where a consumer no longer can connect with them. For example, Mm -hmm. think about your mobile banking. If I can't bank with you anywhere at any time, I may look to someone who offers that service and offers a mobile application. Or if I'm a salesperson who has a quota and I have to make sure that I hit it, or I'm a pharmaceutical rep making sure that my product gets out in time, or I need to constantly be communicating the program surrounding that, I'm going to go with a provider or I'm going to work for a company that has those offerings. And so it's not, um, it's not to threaten whether you don't do it, but it's to Michael's point earlier, the opportunity cost is huge, and it really can make up, up for a competitive edge that some brands may have been missing if they didn't adopt earlier technologies, and they can race ahead by having a mobile solutions for you know, their internal and external stakeholders. Thank you very much. You know what? I'm going to give you all a break. It's only about 57 seconds long, so use it well. Don't take a run or a walk. Stick around. When we come back, I'm going to ask my three wonderful guests, Michael O'Farrell, Ben Robbins, and Carolyn Code, what they're drinking today because the name of our show is Coffee Break with Game Changers. I'll ask them what's in your cup. I bet we get some fascinating stories. After that, we'll dive into our roundtable. I'm going to start the roundtable off with Ben Robbins and talk about what mobile has to do with getting the right data at the right time to the right individual and on and on. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. Topic today, enterprise mobility for dummies or just mobility for dummies. You can run, but you can't hide. Don't even think of touching that app, that dial, that mouse, however you're listening to us. We'll be right back. Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com 
And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, and it's time to find out what is in my panelist cups today. Let's start off with Michael O'Farrell from the Mobile Institute. Michael, what are you drinking or what do you wish you were drinking right now? I'm drinking orange juice. I actually, uh, actually, it's an orange juice with soda mixed in, so club soda mixed in with orange juice. And I uh, started drinking about, uh, about 10, 15 years ago. My wife went to the island of Crete. We were in Crete, and we were down in a beautiful uh, villa area, and uh, they served us this orange juice that was so sweet, and we both have uh, uh, do our best to stay away from you know, added sugars that mm-hmm. I had to get them to add soda water to it because it was so pure and so sweet from the origins in that region that it uh, had to water it down, and now that's, that's become one of my favorite morning drinks is having an orange juice and soda. That's interesting. That's like a non-alcoholic spritzer. I like the idea. Very refreshing. Sometimes I put seltzer in cranberry juice for the same reason, but yeah. not only to cut the sweetness, but the tartness. Very refreshing. Wow. And do you have it with ice or just right out of the fridge? Uh, right out of the fridge. It usually works very well. And if it's a little bit warm, then I'll add a little bit of ice to it, but it's a nice flavorful start and uh, keeps me out of the coffee. Lovely, lovely. Okay, let's see what Ben Robbins is drinking today. Ben? Okay, well, I live in Seattle, so I bet you can uh, perhaps guess the oh, brand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk <laughs> yeah, to no, me. We, talk to me. Yes. We are, def- we are definitely a coffee town, and I never realized how much of a coffee snob, because I grew up on the East Coast up in Maine, and I never realized how much of a coffee snob I became until, you know, I'd lived here a few years, and I went somewhere else. I'm like, wow, this coffee's terrible. So, yeah, no, I well, I support not only Starbucks, but I also try to hit up, you know, the local shops, too, to kind of uh, make sure that we keep uh, a lot of diversity in our in our coffee culture here. But um, I'm definitely, and I'm definitely a seasonal uh, coffee drinker. So, you know, I just finished up Thanksgiving, wrapped up uh, the um, pumpkin spice lattes, mm-hmm. and now we're on to the, uh, for sure, onto the eggnog lattes, but always a short, never more than a short. And you can always tell how cultured a place is, whether you can order a short or not. Some, some places in this country you go, and they will not give you a short. Even if they have the short cups, they're like, we can't do it. And it's always really? And yeah. what is, and the flavor you just told us, egg, you said an eggnog coffee, what does that taste like? Oh, an eggnog latte? Well, it's kind of yeah. it's a good thing it's a short season because uh, calorically I don't think it's it's too healthy. It literally is instead of steamed milk, they steam eggnog. So it's a shot <gasps> of espresso in steamed eggnog, and it's awesome. Be still my heart. I want to run out and get one. There's a Starbucks three blocks from here. Oh, I'm yeah. not going out. No, no, I'm going to prevent myself but from then, doing that. But, but make sure you get the short because that also will help cut down on the calories. I will. I'll tell them short for short. I'm short, yeah. too. Thank you, Ben. That was very colorful. Carolyn Code, I'm not going to ask you to top that, but just let's say what's in your cup today, Carolyn. Well, I'm definitely not uh, not counting my calories this morning. I, I did my workout at um, the local Academy of Lions here in Toronto, and they make what's called a butter coffee. Um, so you can imagine cool. what the base of it is, but it's a cup that will keep you running for most of the day. Wow. Well, tell us more. Butter coffee. We need to know what's in it. Literally fresh Ontario uh, butter. That is the base and with some organic grounds, and they make it in a little coffee shop. So when you're in Toronto, make sure you head up to uh, Queen and Ossington and check out Academy of Lions Cafe. Um, You will not be disappointed. 
Good Lord, I think wow. your coffee has more calories than mine. <laughs> I think so. Whole calories, that is, Ben. Yeah. There you go. It's all a question of interpretation. And, yes, we, we all justify, but it sounds good. It sounds like a very healthy drink the way you're approaching it, Carolyn. Thank you all. Great stories. So it's time now for our roundtable. Ben, Robbins, I'm going to kick it off with you. I have some notes here you sent me before the show. You talk about the Mobile 2.0 world. First of all, I'd like you to define that for us. And then you, t- you sent me this information. You say it's more than just anytime, anywhere computing, which is the obvious. Yeah, it's everywhere. But it's the ability to access the right data at the right time by the right individual. So it sounds like there's a purpose to this anywhere, anytime. Tell me what is Mobile 2.0, please, Ben. Yeah, so, you know, we've been mobile for a while. I mean, if you think about, you know, laptops from that perspective, I mean, you've been able to kind of take your information, you know, here, there, and everywhere. But it it hasn't really been that. And to me, it really is the, the instant access, the instantaneous. It's that getting that right information at the right time that really differentiates um, you know, mobile, you know, kind of the first phase of mobile versus the second. And, and here's the way to think about it. How long does it take for your laptop, you know, your old Windows laptop to boot up? And that really is what is making the difference. And here's a, here's a perfect example of that. So, I mean, it's changing the way that, that salespeople are able to conduct businesses. So, that, so there were some um, medical equipment salesmen that were finding that they were having a hard time getting in front of um, surgeons because, you know, surgeons are busy people. They mm-hmm. get a high dollar rate. They probably don't want to spend a whole lot of time. Uh, you know, listening to a sales pitch. And what they found is, you know, they, they could never pull it off with a laptop, but when they got tablets and they could instantly turn it on and, you know, it's much more vis- visually and graphically rich, you know, mm-hmm. they actually would go in while the surgeon was scrubbing up and just hold the iPad or, you know, whatever tablet in front of their face and go through the presentation that way. And, it, you know, they had, you know, you got three minutes, go. And, you know, the instant on, visually engaging, bing, bing, bam, boom, done. And that's where mobile 2.0, you know, like, um, that, that instant on getting that, that right information in the right place is, is literally, it's a game changer. It's changing the way business is done and the way people are able to, to get at what they need. Very interesting. Thank you. So getting the right data to the right people at the right time. It sounds like that's part of a sales process, part of a shared information process. Is this the main reason that people are – is this where the ROI comes from? Can you measure, Ben, where a company is saying, yeah, we have 10 seconds to get in front of that surgeon. If we can do that, we have increased our opportunity to have a sale to that person or to do something with them on a business level. Is there a way to measure that expected delivery ex- exceeding expectations, Ben? Well, absolutely. And, you know, in that case, it was actually easy. I don't remember what the percentage was. I don't know if it was like 20% or 30% more, but, I mean, their sales, I mean, there was, there was a, a statistically significant increase in sales, right? So because they were actually able to do those calls. And, you know, those are some of the easy, low-hanging fruit cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in cases where, you know, if you start talking about things like, you know, uh, where you're using mobility for work, workflow approvals, um, uh, you know, vacation requests, that kind of stuff. I mean, you can really start to measure the amount of time in cycles, um, both from a quantitative and qualitative perspective, you know, uh, you know, one from a quantitative perspective, how long does it take for the process to, you know, whereas before, you know, things got held up because you had to wait till people got back to their office. Or, you know, mm-hmm. how many times were you were in a conversation with someone where you're like, yeah, I'll get you that proposal, I'll get you that thing as soon as I get back to my office, right? I mean, that, that disappears from your lexicon, you're able to immediately say, no, I'll get it to you right now. Let's make it happen. And so you can really start to, if you're measuring cycles, if you've baselined your cycles, you can really start to measure how long does it take 
um, this process to complete, whereas before, how long did it take for that process to complete? And you Interesting. Really and you talked, talked a minute ago about the time it takes to boot up an, a normal and old-fashioned laptop, a PC. Exactly. I, ha- I have a phrase for that, TDL. Do you know what that stands for? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can say it on the radio, but yes, I do. I have I have a polite version. It's too damn long. That's okay, it. There Just you go. too TDL. Yeah, I, it's safe. This is radio. We're cool. We we have our politeness here. Thank you, All Ben. Right. I want to shift this a little bit to something we talked about in the intro. What is happening in the enterprise level when people who work there, contractors, vendors, say, "Hey." I don't want you to buy me a device. I want to bring my own, and that deals with issues of security and ownership and who owns the data and how safe is it and who can have access to it and proprietary. So I want to turn this into opportunities for Mobile 2.0 in the enterprise. Let's talk about bring your own device, bring your own app, bring your own tools. I think we're running out of bring your own. Who knows what's coming next? Carolyn, do you want to talk to us about this, please? Certainly. There's a lot of bring your own whatever, and it's overwhelming. Um, it started with devices, started with the iPhone. Everybody wanted it, and they wanted to ditch, um, and I apologize to, to the brands that I'm going to pick on a little bit here, but they wanted to ditch their old Windows devices, their Palm Trios, if they still had them by then, and they wanted something new and fresh. Um, maybe they had a BlackBerry that worked for the enterprise, but they wanted the new sexy thing. And mm-hmm. we moved from the sexy iPhone into a plethora of devices. We now have our Google devices. Um, there are some Blackberries that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll leave that to be for another radio show. Um, okay. They, they had the new devices and they wanted them, and they followed by iPads and other tablets. And, and it's even going to wearable devices. I know at our TechEd events with SAP, we had a demo using our smart glasses technology that uh, actually one of our developers out of Montreal, Pascal Lazard, got his hands on a pair of Google glasses. And so he brought that into the enterprise and said, I want to do something with this. And that's not that uncommon. Um, Individuals are bringing in new technology and trying to make it work for the enterprise or seeing how they can potentially create a new, unique, compelling experience for customers and for their employees, but there's a challenge here in terms of either consistency or control. So how do I manage Mm -hmm. the device? How do I manage the applications on that device? As I mentioned earlier, if I'm going to use my personal smartphone in the enterprise, how do I make sure that an application like WhatsApp or something else isn't going to start attacking the enterprise data, and how do I either separate it or um, wrap that application to make sure that it's secure um, so that's on, on sort of more of that traditional mobile device management, mobile, applica- mobile application management side that we've seen, um, which continues to be a challenge for many enterprises. But the newer side is the bring-your-own-app and bring-your-own-tools. We see that with mobile applications and technologies, there's a lot of options to develop a mobile application. You can develop it no- natively and just develop it for iPhone because you know all of your consumers or all of your employees have iPhones. But it's not often the case that you just have such a, a point solution option where you're only going to one type of device. Um, the the real scenario that we see is that there's a there's a whole bag of goodies that IT has to work with, and they have to scale the applications with content across smartphones and tablets, meaning they have to change the landscapes and how that appears. And so we see developers wanting to bring their own tools that will help them to um, more or less you know, write once and, and deploy anywhere. Um, but it's not as easy as, as said, and they need tools that will help them to perhaps take advantage of open source 
technologies and essentially bridge that gap between that traditional developer that might be sitting inside and worked on that website or deployed Mm -hmm. that sales system that everyone's become so dependent on and use new open source or open standards technology that can then convert that legacy system into something that could be digested on a mobile device. So we, we see a lot of open source and open standards technology. Um, SAP has made an investment around OData to bridge that gap. But we're continuing to see companies experiment and test to, again, not to see the ROI on the business side, but to understand how quickly can they develop and deploy an application and ultimately get that user adoption. Thank you, Carolyn. Great information. Michael O'Farrell, what's going on at the Mobile Institute? First of all, tell us what is the Mobile Institute and what kinds of implementations are you embracing? Are you planning, if you can go a little bit ahead for us, in terms of opportunities for Mobile 2.0 in the enterprise? Michael? Uh, Thank you, Bonnie. Um, We work on mobile strategies, and and that seems to be a common phrase nowadays. But uh, we have 20 years of experience in the mobile industry, and we work uh, with Fortune 1000 companies on the next generation of services going from mobile one to mobile two to maybe even mobile 3.0 when you get into social media and all the interactions that are happening and those those capabilities and working with senior executives to understand the culture of mobility how the mobile environment can really assist them in game-changing ways for their organization whether it's their business to uh, employee all the way through to their consumers and the consumer expectations right now are, are, are massive, are daunting, are relentless because, I don't know if you've, you've heard this phrase before, but we have the Monday morning hangover where we, we're, we're on the weekend, we're at home, we're buying the technologies we want, we have Angry Birds, we have a billion apps available to us, <laughs> and we walk into the office Monday morning and it's like I got one or two and it's an accounting app that helps me track my expenses. And, and what we try to do is bridge that understanding and bridge that opportunity for, for enterprises to further understand, you know, the, the, the inspiration that people have with mobility and how to harness that energy and bring it into the enterprise and enable them to be free and, and free, I mean, untethered free and, and more uh, productive with the capabilities that these devices and services can provide their organizations. Okay, um, good. Yeah, good. Keep going. Um, from, from, from the Monday morning hangover, you know, what, what's, what's happening as well is the consumer, the customer, the consumer, the customer, people, period. As, mm-hmm. as Carolyn said, you know, there's actually more devices now than there are people in the, in the world. Uh, we've hit over 7 billion connections. And, you know, um, people are just so familiar with how they can leverage this technology for their personal benefit. And, and what we try to do is assist organizations to get comfortable within their enterprises. You know, you have IT that's very structured, you have security that's very structured, and you have to take responsibility of those, 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 those people with the devices that they have and simplify it for them. Make their life simple to be productive, how they want to leverage the devices and, and be efficient for the organization. And by doing so, Corporate strategies, and, and, and Carolyn and Benjamin would probably agree, is start with the strategy. Really understand why you're doing this to get the ROI. And there's a new term that's out there is return on objectives as well, so ROO. So return on objectives, what are you trying to accomplish with, with going mobile, and how can you, you know, uh, stimulate the discussion within the organization and, and unleash the mobile natives? And let the mobile natives really show the way for legacy environments to get more nimble, more agile, and, and more effective on delivering to the mass market, not only the mass market consumer, but the mass market employee that is very fluent with how they can use their devices after they've played Angry Birds for the thousandth time. <laughs> they, you, you can send them business intelligence. You can send them all kinds of applications. 
and really spawn new intellectual opportunities and new consumer engagement or customer engagement opportunities as well. Thank you, Michael. It sounds to me like Monday morning hangover uh, could be synonymous with Monday morning withdrawal when you go to the office and you don't have that bandwidth and that delightful experience. Yeah, look what I can do when I'm home and damn, I'm in the walls and whoa, there's not much going on there. Let's talk to that. Let's talk a little bit about best and current practices of enterprise mobility. I'm going to get all three of you involved with this. And by the way, feel free to comment among yourselves. Don't wait for me to call you. I'd, I'd love to have, love to have you challenging each other, although I, I think you basically all agree. Uh, let's do Carolyn, then Michael, and then Ben quickly on enterprise mobility best practices. Carolyn, I want you to talk about the SNAP application, how to put together IKEA furniture. Really? Tell me. So we've all been there. Um, I, I remember mm-hmm. probably the worst scenario of IKEA was years ago uh, in university. My girlfriend and I bought a set of drawers, and we tried to mm-hmm. put it together at 7 o'clock at night. I do not advise that to anyone. Um, <laughs> so GNT and I were trying to put this together, and, you know, we're, we thought we were pretty bright girls, and we could figure this out. And, and well, let's just say we, we put the nails in the wrong spots, and um, we had Allen key scars all over our hands. and it just Hold on. Really- Everybody raise their hand who's had this experience. Both of my hands are up. Or you get it all put together, and you find out it's backwards or upside down. Ben, yeah. did you ever have this? And Michael, did you ever have this experience? Oh, definitely. I can't, I can't put my hand up because my phone's in my hand right now. But Good. I wanted to make sure it wasn't. We weren't doing a gender-based thing here, Carolyn. I had to get a, a male oh, opinion so on this. You're welcome. I was important to both of us and to our listeners. Please proceed, Carolyn. Go ahead. The, the reason I love this app, and this app um, actually came out of our uh, SAP's mobile uh, innovation program, and they mm. really look at what are problems that everybody has. And, and the SNAP application is an example of putting together IKEA furniture or any fur- furniture that... Um, that we come across and it's challenging. You got all these bits and pieces and you're not sure how to do it. And uh, so what they did is they, they broke it apart and they really looked at what the problem was and, and they used the, the principles of, of design thinking to really empathize with that end user and trying to figure out what, um, what their needs were, what their feelings were, how they approached the project. And, through the elements of, of design thinking and building on that persona, so that individual, the IKEA shopper per se, um, what they mm-hmm. would need and what information and, and be able to create a mobile application or, or a solution that would meet those specific needs. And so some interesting components in this example of SNAP, S-N-A-P, is that they, they use some really neat sort of disruptive technology like gamification. So being able to put the pieces together to visualize it um, in, in a way of uh, augmented reality to understand, okay, ah, that's where, that's where that, um, using the drawer example, that's where um, that piece of the shelf needs to connect mm-hmm. to be able to roll out um, without getting stuck or that's, um, that's actually the back side of the, of the dresser so I need to know exactly where to put the nails and um, they put together a really whimsical uh, clip and it's on YouTube if you just search snap application you'll find it okay. um, and they're of course using an example of uh, newlyweds um, or not newlyweds new, new parents who've got a baby so they've got a real timeline to get this crib put together and it's an interesting application that takes an everyday problem that we all have and they took existing information from the how-to guides and how to put it together, but provided a mobile application where you could visualize and play around um, with the augmented reality version of the furniture to really truly understand how to put it together. And this is a best practice that we see um, across the organization. And I know speaking with, with Mike and Ben, I know they've seen this too, is making sure that we truly understand what the problem is before we select the technology to provide the solution. That's what it really comes down to is 
we need to stop taking the product-specific approach to making a mobile application or a mobile solution just because we feel that we have to implement something. We need to truly understand in terms of a best practice, what's the problem we're trying to solve? And as you go through and understand what the problem is and, and what potential objectives there are, that return on objective term that Mike mentioned, um, then we can select the technology and start to put the practice in place. But if we don't do our research, like Ben said earlier, um, it really is a waste of time and, and you're not going to get the potential um, great innovation that you're hoping for. Thank you, Carolyn. Michael, I want you to chime in here. Let's talk a little bit, continuing on best and current practices of enterprise mobility. Talk to me about collaboration with industry and global expertise vis-a-vis learning from developing areas. Talk to me. Uh, yes, what we're finding is, you know, I know we've been talking about applications a lot, but there's also mobile messaging. So everybody knows how to use text messaging, and that's replacing mm-hmm. email for alerts and notifications. I mean, how fast do you respond to a text message versus an email nowadays? Within five seconds, you're probably looking at the text message versus email going, ah, I'll scroll through that later. So there's a whole ecosystem of messaging. There's mobile web. Mobile web, again, effectively touches on every device class in the world. There's over 4,000 device classes in the market. Device classes mean the types of phones and types of browsers in the world that people use. And then there's the native app building. So the native app building, it's called, is uh, for, you know, uh, device-specific smartphones like iOS or the Apple phones or the... You know, Google-based Android phones, then you have the BlackBerry devices, then you have the Windows phone, which is really getting popular as well. Um, so you have a whole ecosystem there. And understanding from your mobile strategy is your mobile persona. So the persona that you're trying to serve, who are these people, what do they do, and how can I make them more effective? And what a lot of organizations are starting with is what's called over-the-top strategies. So they're looking at, okay, how do I just leverage what's in the device that this is getting provided to me versus actually getting down into the network element. So AT&T, for example, has an organization called Foundry, and, and they would love to engage enterprise to show them how they can use location services off the network, messaging services on the network, security elements that are in the network, and through to the device, and by embedding your strategy into the networks, you can start realizing new and more innovative services than just delivering than just working with the device SDKs or tools that are available. You can you get into messaging environments. You can get into multimedia messaging environments. And what we try to talk about a lot is a best practice is no one left behind. So no one left behind means that you're touching on every mobile device and how the user wants to use it. If they're comfortable with messaging, then let them, let them communicate and work with you in messaging. If they're comfortable in launching their browser, a mobile browser, and that provides you know, a more streamlined experience for them with a mobile web app or, or, or really tight service, or it's an application, a best practice is to take a look at the whole ecosystem that's available to you than just a single-threaded solution. Thank you, Michael. And, Ben, I want to get you in before we go to break. I want to give you all at least a 57-second rest before we go to the prediction segment. So, Ben, talk to me about mobile-only approach, scale and flexibility for expanding the connected device ecosystem. What is that? Is that current or is that a pie-in-the-sky dream, a connected device, eco- a really connected ecosystem? Well, I think, um, as Michael mentioned, I mean, it really comes down to use cases, right? So, uh, in the end, it's it's not just let's just connect things because they can be connected, right? Like it's cool that my refrigerator can call up the grocery store and you know tell me when to run out of milk, but if I if I don't really have any use for that in the business, then you know it's 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 kitschy and it, you know it may get a little uh, media attention, but but it doesn't have a long shelf life, right? No pun intended. Anyway, um, uh, you know I think that in in when 
in evaluating an ecosystem beyond just the thing I carry around in my pocket. You really got to look at again, always getting. And I know I keep hammering back to the why, but why are you doing this? Why is this important? As mm-hmm. Michael said, what are the objectives? What are the devices? It'd be really awesome if I could, uh, you know, somehow link some of my uh, machinery with my mobile device to get the, those messages faster. Again, getting those cycles down. Um, you know, so in can not only creating a connected uh, ecosystem, but creating a smart and, and thoughtful connected ecosystem, you know, that, that, that's really the dream. And, and yeah, you know, I, I, as far as feasibility, I mean, it, the sensors, uh, you know, connectivity is, is so, you know, minuscule at this point. Um, uh, it, it's not really, that's not really any sort of inhibitor. It's more a matter of, you know, taking the time to do it and think it through and make sure that you've got uh, the smart implementation rather than the just, just the connected implementation. Thank you, Ben. Great insights. You know what? We're going to take our break. I'm going to give a homework assignment to Carol and Michael and Ben. Go out in the car, the attic, the trunk, the back of the boat, wherever it is. Find the crystal ball. Bring it inside. Polish it off. And when we come back in one minute, I'm going to ask each of you to look ahead and tell me, if we had this conversation five years from today... What would we be talking about in terms of enterprise mobility? Will they still be dummies? Will we be be educating them on something else? Will we be talking about wearables and mobile with cloud, mobile with big data, mobile with social? I'll give you each about a minute and a half on the clock. We're going to have less than 10 minutes when we come back. So there you go. Everybody get started. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. We're going to take our final break and come back with the crystal ball. You don't want to miss these predictions. I promise you they're worth your while, Brad. Out. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, je pense donc je suis, for those of you who would like a little French thrown in to make this very high culture. Michael O'Farrell, did you find the crystal ball, and what would you think we'd be talking about five years from today? Michael from the Mobile Institute, talk to me. I dusted it off, and I've taken a glance, and... There's a couple of areas. One is one area that I'm calling or we're coining nanomobility, and that's going to be into body area networks. So we're going to start seeing you know, the wearable computers starting to get implanted in the fabric of our clothes, the fabric of our lives, the fabric of our environments, including you know, uh, being implanted. And that's already happening, and it happened about a decade ago um, in, in Barcelona where someone implanted an RFID chip into their wrist 
to get bar, VIP bar access. So, you know, it's, it's coming around, and it's going to be quite the wild environment, and we should all really not think that this is not that far away. I mean, that, that it's far away. It's actually mm-hmm. right around the corner. At the pace of change, at the pace of technology changing and disrupting, we're going to get closer and closer to this body experience, and uh, the nanomobility uh, is going to be that near-field communication capabilities that, uh, you know, takes that sensor network even, even to the next level. On that note, Big Brother's coming around. Now, with the Big Brother coming around, what I'm meaning by that is it's going to backfire. So what's going to backfire, I think, is BYOD. And I think we're going to see ah. class action lawsuits coming around within the next five years that if you don't be strategic with your security, your MDM, your MAM from companies like SAP, IBM, the vendors that are out there to help you, and there's smaller ones and larger ones, and you really don't get your policies right, right from the start. That's why the strategy and what you're trying to do is so important that we're going to start seeing consumers feeling that they're being spied on. The consumers, the privacy issue is so important to deal with right now before it gets out of hand for your corporation and the liabilities that might, might follow in that environment. Thank you. Wow. I have a quick question. Will I be able to go into Bloomies and buy a beautiful dress and say I want the one with the wearable technology in it, or will I have to go somewhere else, go to Radio Shack, and have them implanted in the buttons or the pocket of the coat? What do you think? Oh, you can go Macy's, Bloomies, you know, Bloomingdale's. It's going to be uh, very available. It's going to be it's going to be available right off the rack. Very interesting. Okay, that's a fashion and mobility show. Interesting. Okay, Ben Robbins from Palador. What do you see five years from today, Ben? I can give you about a minute and a half. Talk. Go. Okay. Talk fast. Uh, to me, the key word is convergence. Convergence, convergence, convergence. As we've already talked about, MDM, MAM, MAM, EMM, BYOD, BYOA. I mean, all this stuff. I mean, people, <laughs> it's, it's just all, and it really has to do with speed. So this, this convergence is being driven by adaptability. And what we need to be talking about and thinking about for the you know near term, short near term, and from a predictability perspective, is how adaptable are you? How quickly mm-hmm. and how um, uh, uh, flexible are you to be able to adapt and adopt these these technologies as they as they come online? So I think the the players and the things that you're going to see winning out in the end are the ones that can that can handle and be prepared uh, for that convergence and be flexible to adapt to this really inundating pace of, of change that we're seeing. Thank you, Ben. You spoke just fast enough. I appreciate it. Quick question for you. We haven't mentioned the S word on the show, status. Is there a status in being on the cutting edge of wearable technology and being on the, the cutting edge of enterprises that understand the why and how to solve the problems and, wow, we're the first ones out of the gate with something new for our suppliers, for our customers? Is, is there a status element to this, being the first? Um, to me, well, there's status if you've, if you've thought it through and you, and you understand the why, it's called dollars. I mean, that, that literally would be the you'll mm-hmm. win because you're, you're going to be kicking your butt competitors and they're not even going to understand why they lost. Great so point. The, the, the great, great point. I want to <laughs> thank you. Status translates to dollars and being the first. Good, good point. Okay. There's your ROI right there. And Carolyn Code, I'm going to end up with you. Let's see. I can give you about a minute and a half to what would you say if we had this conversation five years from today? Carolyn. Well, it, Looking forward, it's interesting. We I just got back a few weeks ago from Tech at Amsterdam, and I was fortunate enough to go through the Anne Frank house when I was there. And there was a quote on the wall that stuck with me, and it uh, was from Otto Frank, her father, who published the book. He said, to build a future, you have to know the past. And at the beginning of the Enterprise for Mobility book, I started off by writing about network. And this adds on to what Ben and Michael talked about in terms of 
different pieces and, and how is this actually going to work and be feasible. And five years from now, I think we're going to have that network access through the Internet and even, let's say, low-orbit satellites that will offer us the Internet access just about anywhere on Earth. And large companies might be able to connect to these um, as a way to overcome some of those security issues or the access issues that they may um, have five years from now when we're connected through different consumer devices and enterprise devices. So for this to happen with that Internet access is that we'll need new mobile satellite technology that's smaller and lighter um, with possibly built-in antennas and stuff. So I realize it's a bit of a stretch, but if we're talking five years from now and we apply that Moore's law of adoption, it actually could come true. Um, but for, for to, be sure, to be sure of this, and we talk about this at the end of, of the book in Enterprise Milieu for Dummies, is that... Um, we need to make sure that we've got corporate flexibility of planning. And that just, I think, summarizes what Michael and Benjamin were talking about, is really understanding um, the use of mobility and management tools and start putting the right solutions in now, knowing that we are going to have some challenges when it comes to security and manageability of these disruptive technology and the hundreds of acronyms that we've, we've gone through today that you know, relate to devices, apps, content, and the larger connections of sensors and, and device-to-device or machine-to-machine -machine Internet of Things that will have a cloud or a larger infrastructure that we'll need to monitor when we don't actually have a physical insight into what it is. Carolyn, it sounds exciting. I don't think we've used, we used the word delight. I brought that in, but it sounds exciting. And guess what? I have some exciting predictions of my own here. I wrote them down so they're easy. Tomorrow, another edition of our live show, Startup Focus with Game Changers, Thursday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Interesting show. We're going to be talking about, ah, interesting topic, handheld future, exploring the mind and the mindset of mobility from the perspective of startups, having the agility, the flexibility, being on the cutting edge. How is this mindset of mobility and the handheld future, which we've been talking about, how is it changing our digital dynamic, personally, professionally, commercially, and how are startups embracing this? Next Tuesday will be the second episode of our brand new latest series, Biz Buzz with Game Changers. You want to get on on that one. Tuesday's 9 a.m. Pacific. I always smile when I say that, Biz Buzz. Tuesday's 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, and the show will be on in-memory computing, a new technology to remember. I think there's a song about that. Next Wednesday, a week from today, I am thrilled to be bringing you the first of a three-part special called Predictions 2014. I have gathered guests from all of our shows on 2013 and between... December 18th, the first part. Second part will be January 8th. Third part will be January 22nd. I will give you the insights, the expertise, the wows of what's coming up in 2014 from almost 45 guests on the show, about about almost half of people who've appeared on Coffee Break with Game Changers this year. You don't want to miss part one of our Predictions 2014 special next Wednesday on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Special thank you, Michael O'Farrell, Ben Robbins, Carolyn Fitt and Code. Wonderful panel, great insights, love the energy. Thanks for sharing everything you know with us. I think we're going to do a part two soon. Shout-outs to Carolyn, organizing this topic. Wow. Malcolm Kimberlin, my co-producer, get well soon. Brad and the Business Channel team, you rock. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Here's my call to action. What are you waiting for? Fasten your seatbelt. Go out and be a game changer today. Talk to you tomorrow on Startup Focus with Game Changers. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. 
The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.